Welcome to Game Time. It's Tim, Tom and Danny here this week. Uh, we have so much to talk about. We've got all the Premier League action, uh, unpopular opinions and uh, all the drama that's happening at Man United, which I'm sure Danny will be thrilled to tell us about. Um, <laughs> we are going to kick it off with the Premier League from last week. Um, significant highlights, Man City beating Cardiff 5-0? Yeah, it wasn't really too much of a worry for Man City in the end. I think Maybe going into the game, a lot of people might have thought, classic Neil Warnock, he's just going to somehow find a way to scrub up a nil-nil draw. But in the end, it was pretty routine for a ruthless Man City side. Yeah, to, um, to add on to that, I think uh, Cardiff actually pretty did it quite well to, to hold out for about 30 minutes before they actually conceded initially. So that, that, that was probably their <laughs> highlight of their game. But um, they, they got undone by some quite... Well, spectacular goals as well, and really well worked. I know Mares played really well, and got the, his two goals were well taken. And Gundogan's was a very good finish as well. So it, it's, it must be frustrating for Cardiff because it's difficult to feel that they could have played any better as well, and they still got on the end of a five-nil thumping. Yeah, there's not many teams that can be uh, standing out to Man City this season, if we're honest. Um, should Mares be starting then if he scored two pretty decent goals, um, and yet he still can't get into the first team? I'm not jumping the gun here for the unpopular opinions. That'll come later in the show. But honestly, I stand by the fact that anybody, maybe not his second goal, his second goal is is quality feet from him. But 90% of City's goals are just whip it across the box and the, the opposite winger is there to tap it in. And that's not taken away from the way City play because even to get into those positions takes a lot of effort and a lot of hard work. But unless Mares is doing something that Bernardo Silva isn't, he's not going to get in that starting lineup. And at the moment, Bernardo Silva, I mean, he scored a, a ridiculous header. I don't know if he meant it or not, but I think he maybe brings <laughs> a little bit more to City's all-round game. Well, with the absence of De Bruyne, he's sort of starting him in the field alongside Silva and Gundogan or Fernandinho at the moment. Hmm. Um, I don't see Mares being able to sort of start in midfield like Bernardo Silva can. Um, and plus, if you start him, you then lose the pace of Sane or Sterling. So, yeah, in fairness to Pep, I think he does think, a good uh, job of um, rotating. You get everyone gets a decent go, and they've all got something different about them. So, um, whoever he brings on has got can be you know play a different way or add something. So, if something's not working, you can swap it around fairly easily, uh, and they will still dominate. Unless you're Phil Foden, then you're shackled to that bench, and you're never coming off. <laughs> He got compared to Iniesta this week, which wow. probably is a little bit much. And I did think he, he sort of rejected it, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, he, he he scored last night, didn't he? In the um in the Carabao Cup, so yeah. I think that that was where there was a bit a bit of press about him with his first Man City goal. I, I, I yeah, I think they're going to rotate their wingers so much this season, mm. which is incredibly frustrating for anyone who's got them in the fantasy team. <laughs> um, I think the um. The focus is probably going to be on the Champions League. I think that's why they're doing it. They want to have everybody available to play in the Champions League if they need them. They want everyone to be fully fit to, to be prepared to play as well. Um, I'd be really surprised if they if they aren't trying to push into the later stages this season and maybe even at the at the cost of not focusing on the league as much. Yeah, um, 
But I mean, it's Man City. They can do whatever they want and they'll still romp the league. So it's all right. Um, <laughs> if we move on to Liverpool-Southampton, fairly com- uh, comfortable win for Liverpool. 3-0, looking good. Yeah, they were. They were confident as well. I mean, they've got a good record against... I know Klopp's got a very good record against Hughes. I think it's in their last six meetings, it's 16-3 on aggregate. So Jesus. I think that, that was always a, always a game that you expected Liverpool to win. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there is a resurgence that's happened at the beginning of this season. And um, when they start to play some of the... When they play Chelsea this weekend, and obviously they're playing tonight in the Carabao Cup, but when they play in the league on uh, at the weekend... That's going to be a really interesting test, not just because Liverpool are playing very well, but Chelsea are playing very well as well. And uh, pushing forwards, and if there is going to be a challenger to Man City, you'd expect those teams to to come out of that. And them facing each other will be a really good season test early on. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Well, I'm currently what like at half time of the uh, Carabao Cup match between the two. Um, and to be honest, Chelsea look better, although Liverpool should have definitely scored by now. Um, but I am a little bit worried for Saturday because I think Liverpool, if they play, you know, top of their game, they could undo us a little bit because um, they just look—they look really good this season. They're pressing really well. They're winning the ball back, and then when they go forward, good things seem to happen. Yeah, I found a stat on them that they've won their first six games of a top-flight season for the third time in their history. Um, they finished second last time they did it in 1990 and they won it last time they did it in 78-79. So, I mean, they are only stats, but that's yeah, pretty pretty impressive from Liverpool. Top of the table now. So, uh, it might be telling. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, not a huge amount to talk about on that Liverpool Southampton. Liverpool just doing what they do. Um, what is interesting is uh, Burnley winning 4-0 against um, Tom's team. I'll let you talk about this. It was a really weird game because um, I watched it back and um, actually a lot of the time we played really well and I think especially the last goal we were chasing the game I think it was, it was near the 90, 90th minute so you sort of maybe discount that one but the goals we conceded were just poor defending so get, defenders getting dragged across and then I think Aaron Lennon scored which at the back post which is never an ideal situation <laughs> um, but yeah it was really disappointing uh, I've I, I didn't watch the game at the time, but uh, I was following it on, on Twitter. And it was a game that I thought, well, we could, we could comfortably get three points there and sort of, sort of continue to kick on. And then going 2-0 down and, and sort of getting some feedback from some of the fans that were there, we just played awfully. And I think maybe we've taken, taken our eye off the boil and, and maybe uh, we, we, we played uh, last night in the Carabao Cup as well and, and were relatively disappointing, even though we won in the last minute. Um, maybe Eddie's got to sort of revitalise the team and, and focus on an important game, which will be on Sky on Monday against Chris. Do you think you'll bounce back in time for that match? Do you think you'll come back with a really great attitude and a really you know positive style of football, <laughs> or do you reckon it'll just be really poor again? It's difficult to tell because usually when we're bad, we are bad for a few games. So I'd be very impressed if we come back and get anything. Uh, I'm particularly worried about Zaha. Mm. Um, because I think he's he's had a really good start to the season, and by the looks of it, we might be looking to try and play Simon Francis at right back, which is oh not God. Uh, <laughs> he's so old, he's so old, uh, and so slow. Um, so that's not great. But I don't know. I, I, this is the first season that being a Bournemouth fan, there's a lot of teams around you which I'm no longer afraid of us. Well, intimidated by whether it's teams like Everton or West Ham in the past, where 
you used to think, oh, a point against them would be great. Whereas now we're looking at these teams and thinking we can beat them. Palace is definitely a team that you have to be able to get at. And they've got some really good attacking threats. Um, but I really hope we bounce back and, and sort of punish Scott Dan, who always scores against us. So. <laughs> to be fair, like, I watched the highlights of the Bournemouth game. You look at it and you think 4-0, are oh, they must have got absolutely dicked. You had a mm. solid two penalty shouts in that game that probably both could have been given. And Joe Hart was on form. So you weren't great, but I don't think it was like a no one could be bothered to play and you just got absolutely drubbed 4-0. Like you probably could have had a couple of goals in that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too, from an outside perspective, I wouldn't say Bournemouth need to, um, need to do anything drastic for Monday. Got to sack Eddie. <laughs> Get him out. Longest serving manager Get... in the league. Get the fuck out of my club. <laughs> Get Big Sam in. He'll do a job. Oh, don't get me started on Big Sam. <laughs> He's stolen a living. No. Tim, <laughs> move on. let's move on. I'll move you on from that. Um, Tottenham winning 2-1 at Brighton. Uh, bouncing back from their poor defeat against Liverpool last week. Um, was it just a blip in Tottenham's game, even though they conceded to Brighton in the 93rd minute? Yeah, it cost, cost me a bloody clean sheet, didn't it? Yeah, no points are trippier. I think we said it a few weeks ago, didn't we, that every team goes through a little bit of a slump. Are Tottenham over that slump? I don't know. Brighton, I think, are one of my favourites to go down. So beating them 2-1 away from home isn't the most spectacular of results. But a win is a win, and Harry Kane scored again, albeit from a penalty spot. So I don't know you're going to probably say they'd have to play someone a little bit better or just see what they do this weekend. They're away again to Huddersfield, who are another team that we're probably going to talk about maybe going for the drop as well. So you'd expect them to pick up six points from playing Brighton and Huddersfield. Yeah, Yeah, I I completely agree. I think um, Kane, it's it's easy to get on the score sheet when you take all the penalties. But that's something I'll, I'll address later on with the, uh, the unpopular opinions. But I, they, they, Tottenham looked like they played better. Mm. And even though maybe a close result at 2-1, I think if they really were playing as bad as everyone's publicised about them, they probably would have lost points in that game. Yeah. And uh, I think if you view that as a 2-0 game, it'll take away the knockout goal right at the end. It's a completely different outlook. And um, I think maybe the question they have is maybe Lamella should be coming into the first team because he's he's had some really big impacts in the last few weeks and when he's come on even though they have had poor results um he's he was able i know he was able to get the goal against liverpool when they tried to at the end of the game at wembley um so maybe maybe there's a a change in in team that uh, that could be focused on but i think it i just don't think as bad game can be playing he's always a threat um, and finally it's a penalty this time, but I think he's going to continue to score goals for this season as well. Yeah, as um, nailed down as you think that Tottenham's eleven sort of is with like Kane and Eriksen, Ali and Son, they've got quite a few players that can step in and can potentially mix it up a bit to actually bring in something new to that team, like Lamella. You've got Lucas now. Um, Vincent Zoko's now starting. <laughs> 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 um... Oh, if only Ryan was here. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> he's so, here in spirit. In spirit, yeah. he's here. Um, he probably can't leave now whenever we talk how bad Tottenham are. 
Um, <laughs> but no, there's a lot of play. There's a lot of you know. There's a lot of changing around of that team they can actually do to make it mm-hmm. maybe a bit different, freshen players up a bit, um, and a different style. So um, we'll have to wait and see. If they fail against Huddersfield, they might have to uh, change system a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Now we'll move on to Man United. Danny, talk about the result first against Wolves, and then talk about whatever the fuck is going on down there. Mate, if I knew, I would be fucking rich right now. No. I mean, the result against Wolves has just been synonymous of our season. We're playing a newly promoted club, albeit they've spent so much money, but that doesn't really matter, at home. And we very rarely threaten to create any chances bar the goal that we scored. And, And even then, it took an exquisite touch from Pogba, which... I'll be honest, I've watched on repeat throughout the last few days just to get me over Him whatever leaving. that was. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. Um, whatever that was in the League Cup against Derby. But I, oh, I don't... That's a great I'm, point. You, yeah. you lost a, I forgot about that. You lost a, on penalties to Derby and Frank, Frank Lampard's Derby beating Mourinho. That was funny. Sorry, yes. carry on. Uh, no, that's, that's fine. I was just going to say, it's been... Probably the worst week Mourinho could have thought of. Drawing to a newly promoted team at home, then getting dumped out of the Carabao Cup by a former player of his. It's been pretty bad. And then I don't know if you saw the video that came out this morning on Sky Sports of, I'm not sure what's said, but the look that Pogba gives Mourinho after he walks past him and Mourinho clearly says something to him is the look of a man that said, do you want to go? Because I, I will spark you out right here. <laughs> I, will, I will end you, which <laughs> I, I don't he, know. He's the one player that he just needs to keep on his side. It doesn't matter how, like, screw your integrity. He needs Pogba. And yeah, it's just not working between them. The relationship is just severely flawed. The problem with Mourinho is that if you look at outside of tactics are a little bit dated now, I think the problem with Mourinho is he wants to be the main man wherever he is. And Pogba needs to be the main man of the team. But I think Mourinho just, there's a, there's a power balance there. And whether or not it's that Pogba, well, he's not vice captain anymore. Mourinho came out and said that. So, Honestly, I don't really have much hope because West Ham seem to have played really well in the last two games and we're away to them this weekend. I'm not really sure what's going to happen at United, but for, for me, to ask you guys from an outside perspective, who do you think is going to break first, Mourinho or Pogba? If they can both last till January, then Pogba. <laughs> oh, God. Because um, that's a serious... That's a serious possibility as Pope was going in January. It doesn't matter who to, I'm sure someone will pick him up. But um you know why why would he want to stay in this situation where he's clearly not liked by the manager? Um, even though like the fans still pretty much adore him for being as good as he is. Um whether he's world class or not, it doesn't matter. Like he yes, the fans love him. But mm. to just be in the situation with the manager is just not what he wants. So I mean, someone needs to do something before January because I don't I don't know why he'd want to stay the advantage I guess as a United fan you have is that uh, Pogba can only move in January 
you can get rid of Mourinho whenever you want. Yeah. So, but, there's a lot more games in, in between now and, and the beginning of January for Mourinho to really screw it up. So, I think if you do get rid of Pogba, the message that sends to other big name transfers out there would be awful. I mean, imagine sort of uh, being in the recruitment staff at Man United and, and saying, oh yeah, you can come play with all these great players and we're, we're really building something under Jose Mourinho. Um, but we did sign that really expensive player, you know, the French midfielder who won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't really work <laughs> out. But I mean, everyone else has been fine. Um, so I, I think that's really that could be really bad and, and re- have a real impact on future signings. Yeah, I think you've got to get rid, you've got to get rid of Jose at some point. And the bigger question is who who's out there? There isn't a manager out there. So I, I was having a conversation with someone recently about. If you were looking at getting rid of someone like Pochettino after after Tottenham's poor run, um, who would you replace him with? And I think it's even worse for Man United because there isn't a big manager out there. I mean, you, I suppose you could look at maybe Zidane. Yeah, um, he's although the I'm only not, one. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not even convinced that Zidane managed a incredibly expensive team, right? And but he wasn't particularly successful in the league. He had a team which was, I mean, in terms of value, is way way more than uh, uh, the Man United's team at the moment is and I don't know how well he did with developing the youth players at Real Madrid because that's what a lot of the focus at United has to be at the moment Bollocks Liverpool have just scored and I wasn't watching Bollocks <laughs> um, no, I think I think Zidane would be a good manager to get in for the rest of the year or maybe like one and a half years because think of the like how mental the fans would go if you got Zinedine Zidane into manage your football club. Like, the yeah. like morale of the fans and probably the players would go through the roof, even if it is just for a short while of time. I mean, Neil Warnock's a motivator if you want someone. <laughs> and, and he's a professional referee, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, two birds on the um, <laughs> But if Zidane went to manage uh, Man United, he'd probably end up playing alongside Pogba, so... Um, I would, know, would yeah. not complain about that. In the slightest. <laughs> Uh, it's better than Scott McTominay or Ander Herrera playing there. No, right. Well, we'll have to just wait and see. And the thing, the thing with Mourinho is that he might end up going next year anyway. If you kept him, he would probably end up going within a year anyway because he'd piss someone else off. So it's probably a better chance <laughs> of getting rid of him than Pogba. Yeah, to be honest, it's it's a really simple option when you look at it. It's either keep the manager who notoriously gets bored after three seasons and leaves anyway and get rid of the young, very talented World Cup winner who you who can mould... be a star like, and have a legacy at United. Exactly, who you can mould a squad around. Or just get rid of the... the... old man. Exactly. Exactly. Right here. Get rid of the guy who's making you play 6-4-0 and keep the young prodigy... <laughs> That sounds about right. Um, let me just run through the other results really quickly. Uh, Fulham, Watford, one all. Huge amount to talk about there. No, I mean, the only thing that I found from that, which is hilarious, is Mitrovic has scored five goals this season for Fulham, which is one more goal than Newcastle have scored as a team. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite, uh, quite ironic. Yeah, I mean, it's true because they drew nil-nil with Crystal Palace, so looking great for them. Arsenal won 2-0 against Everton, sort of expected, considering Everton aren't playing that well, although Richarlison came back and played quite well. So. Bargain. 
almost as if they should have paid £60 million for him. Um, and then <laughs> Chelsea drew with West Ham in what was a shocking display from us, and West Ham did all right. There's not a huge amount I really want to talk about that, to be honest. It's just like... No, we... no, no. You can't, you can't dick on Tom and me for having bad weekends and then just go, <laughs> oh, no, let's skip the only game that Chelsea don't decide to win this right. season. We, 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 were pretty, we were pretty poor. Like, we didn't create chances, but... Like, it was just a really boring match. Like, nothing happened. Yeah. Genuinely not a huge amount to talk about. Like, like if we didn't have Hazard, we'd be a bit shit. So, and Kante's not playing in the right position. Like, or he's not playing defensively enough, which means that he's up in, like, in the penalty box and can't score because he's in it rubbish going forward. But other than that, there's genuinely not a huge amount to talk about. West Ham were quite good. Uh, missed Arnautovic. Anderson and Yarmolenko looked good again. Credit to... Uh, Alan, because Mark Noble actually looked quite good and he ran around a lot. Um, <laughs> Not in the top five distance covered so far in the Premier League, though. Thanks to Ryan nah, for sending that to He might have been top 50. I could be top 50. <laughs> I actually am. He <laughs> ran all the way to Bournemouth and back. Two things that I wanted to pick up on the Chelsea game, if I could. Jorginho attempted 180 passes. Oh, yeah. That's the most by any player in a single match since 2003, which I thought was quite was quite good. And then the second was a little bit of fun. Yarmolenko missed pretty much the best chance of the game with that header. Yeah. And the next day in the dressing room, I'm not sure which member of the West Ham did it, but they photoshopped his head into a square and pinned it up across the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you... It was harder to miss than score. Yeah. I mean, if you go check out his Instagram, there's just a picture of him just walking around the dressing room going, who did this? Why? (laughs) To pick up up on your point about Jorginho's um, pass pass completion as well. Um, This isn't going to be another pass completion (laughs) piece of information, but um, he uh, he obviously is now number one with, did you say 180 passes? Yeah, 180 passes. He's also number three on that list as well. Is he actually? <laughs> yeah. So from this se- from this season, he's already in the top top three twice. So <laughs> I think he he's probably going to try and beat that a few more times before the end of the season. What's really <laughs> funny is every Chelsea match comes out with a stat saying Jorginho completed this many passes in the first half. That was more than all of these teams in the entire game, and that's every week because yeah. um, he just runs it. Like when I said Kante is in the wrong position, I mean like Jorginho has to be sat in the middle because that's how Sarri's system works so um, a lot of people on Twitter have been yelling um, and swearing violently that Kante's in the wrong position like he just needs to play more defensively but he needs to play on the side midfield because you need Jorginho so he can spray all these passes out and keep the ball ticking which is why he ends up with 180 attempted passes uh, because he has so much of the ball but Kante just needs to play deeper to let players like Kovacic or Barkley go forward, forward more and then he can do what he Kante does best and um run into people and get the ball. Jesus Christ, Ross Barkley plays for Chelsea. I forgot about that. What happened yeah. to him? He almost scored a screamer. Um, he curled it and Fabianski saved it in like the last sort of five minutes. I mean, is that... Sorry to go on a bit of a detour. Is he one of the biggest waste of talents in recent years? Because when he was coming through at Everton, everyone was raving about him. And I just totally forgot that he's gone down the pecking order at Chelsea. Yeah, he's well. He's playing now in the Carabao Cup as we speak, um, and he's actually he's like he's doing all right under Sarri. It sort of suits him a little bit. The problem is, is we've just got Kovacic on loan, 
We've got Loftus-Cheek. Uh, we've got Fabregas now sat on the bench. Like, we have so many midfielders. Um, and Barkley's really got to try to get in the first team. He's got to show that he's better than all of them, which is quite difficult. But he's not playing badly. Like, if he was at Everton now playing like this, he would be starting weekly, um, I think. Because he's genuinely playing all right. And he's getting into spaces where he can shoot and affect the game. But um, the quality's just not quite there. Like, it seems as if he just needs that. Like, great players spend, like, an hour extra on the training pitch after training's finished than everyone else to practice certain things. Like, you watch, like, Frank Lampard stayed behind every Chelsea training session and practiced free kicks so that he would, you know, be able to score them in match situations. Barkley just sort of, it seems like he needs, like, that sort of drive because the quality just isn't quite there yet. Um, the promise is that, you know, he's just not not quite up to scratch because there was so much talk about him coming up through Everton, but he's just not not fulfilled it yet. I mean, while we're on the topic of young players that look promising this year in the Premier League, two names for you. Feel free to disagree. James Madison at Leicester looks class. Great looks season. like he's just adapted to the Premier League. And then David Brooks at Bournemouth, I, I think he looks really good. And I reckon with a full season under him, he'll actually be a solid Premier League player. Tom, you probably see more of him than I do. What do you think of him? Yeah, I, I really like him. I, he's he's a player that um, I definitely didn't anticipate he would be anywhere near our first team. And we've signed a lot of youth players in the last few years. Um, people like Lewis Cook, who, who, didn't, who made some appearances early on when we signed him, but then in his first season, ultimately played on the bench for most of the year and then made a bit of an impression last year as, as a first-team regular. But he, Brooks, started the season uh, as a winger and has, has played every game since. So I've, I've been really impressed with him. I, I think that he's, he's a, another player who um, was in Man City's youth team and chose, he chose to play for Wales after playing for England uh, under-20s. So he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously been uh, regarded as a, as a high-value youth player for a really long time. So I guess it shouldn't particularly be a surprise. Um, and I know that Ryan said previously about uh, his Sheffield United supporting friend who's, who, who thought he was a very talented player, but maybe the price we paid for him was high. But at the moment, he looks like a, a bargain, really. And I've been mm. really impressed with... He's very, very um, thin and sometimes looks a bit fragile, but he, he's more than happy to get stuck in, uh, gets up. Has had, We've had no injury problems with him so far, which I've been really impressed about as well. Um, but yeah, I hope he cracks on because I, he just needs that goal. I think. I think he's. I, I think he's got an assist, but I think he maybe just needs a goal uh, to maybe get that confidence going as well. He he had a, a shot saved by Joe Hart at the weekend in an inspired Joe Hart performance. But I think he's got a real talent, and, and yeah, Madison is Madison's more of an obvious one. Madison is such a Spurs player that mm. I would I'd be surprised how long he he stays at Leicester. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about Brooks at Bournemouth. Yeah, I've got one surefire way to piss off people as a Chelsea fan talking about youth. But um, there are a couple <laughs> of players that I've got to mention when, when now that we're talking about it. Is One is Callum Hudson-Odoi, who, if you have seen anything of, you know how talented he is. But for some reason, and it's not just Sarri's fault, it's Chelsea's fault because we're stupid. Um, he's not making it into any teams. He's not getting any minutes. Um, and, oh, I'm blaming most of that on Victor Moses as well because he's a bastard. Um <laughs> We're like we're playing. It's Carabao Cup. It's like perfect time to get youth on, or like players that don't play very much. Christensen was playing. Uh, Barkley started. Hudson Odoi's on the bench, and Victor Moses is starting. Like, 
why the bloody hell he isn't at some Chinese club now, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but he's like, he's so good. He rips it up for the under-21. So he needs to start playing soon. Uh, and then Ethan Ampadu, who is just such a great uh, defender slash midfielder. Um, it's just a shame he plays for Wales. But um, he like he needs to start getting minutes as well because they're both so talented. Like they could be playing at like sort of lower table clubs and be doing really well right now. Yes, it's interesting about the a lot of these young players who have elected to play for Wales because Ampadu was another one who was on the FA's radar, but um, I think he he wasn't given an opportunity at young at a young enough age to be in, indoctrinated into the England schoolboys, so decided to play for Wales. And Harry Wilson, who's the guy who scored against um, um, against Manchester United last night for Derby, he's a, he's a Liverpool player, and he had exactly the same thing where he he elected to play for for Wales after maybe getting a couple of rejections at lower the non-senior England squad. That was a great free kick. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think that him, him sort of saying, oh, we are five Champions Leagues. Um, I'd be honest with you, I'd imagine most of the Man United play, uh, crowd had absolutely no idea who he was and who, <laughs> who he played for and had no idea what the five was referencing. <laughs> Maybe that's how old just, he thought he was. Yeah. Torres yeah. did it once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, we talk about lower, lower table clubs. Bottom of the table currently is uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff and Newcastle, uh, the three teams yet to win a game. Do we think it'll stay like that at the end of the season? I, I think two of those teams will be there. I think Cardiff, Huddersfield, definitely. They just, as good as Cardiff are at playing the football they, they play, it's not going to score them enough goals, I don't think. And Huddersfield just haven't, added very well in the summer. They can't rely on Depoitre to score all of their goals for them. And that's seemingly what they're doing. I think the other team that are going to drop in there is Brighton. As much as Glenn Murray can score goals, I don't know why. I just have a feeling that they look a bit shaky. I think Newcastle will get out. And I'll get onto that a bit later, to be honest. But Tom, you agree with that? Yeah, I think Cardiff and Huddersfield look a look a long long way short on quality. Um, they they don't have the obvious goal threats, and for for me, Cardiff still look like they're trying to play in the mm. championship. Uh, they get they I think they knew they were going to get beaten, and 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 Warnock has this unfortunate record of being incredibly good at getting teams out of the championship, but not as effective in, in keeping them in the Premier League. And I don't think he's that bothered. I think he's sort of happy to just ride out for the rest of the season. And then have another go at the championship next year. Yeah. I mean, one thing, one thing that I was going to say about Huddersfield quickly in the Leicester game, they're definitely going to go down if, when they're leading one nil, they decide to put all of their players up from a corner when you're facing the likes of Jamie Vardy and Ian Acho. Mm-hmm. I, I'd understand if they were one nil down, but they were leading a game one nil. It just seemed like an idiotic move, and it cost them because they conceded from the counter attack, and then ultimately went on to lose. So I think it's just the defensive frailties of Huddersfield and not being able to score, plus Brighton's shakiness and Cardiff's inability to not play the ball to Sean Morrison, I think is probably going to cost those three to go down. <laughs> uh, I'm a personal opinion. I think Southampton probably end up going down as well. I just don't think they're strong yeah. enough. Um, and the fact that like their person who's leading their attacking line is Danny Ings, um, just doesn't fill me with a huge amount of confidence. 
But um, I think it's yeah, between about five clubs of who's going to go down. But I think we're all we're both uh, sorry, we're all um, confident that Huddersfield and Cardiff aren't long for the Premier League. Now, the, no. yeah, this weekend we had the FIFA Pro, the best of footballers, the best FIFA award thing. Um, Danny, you paid attention to this. Tell us what it is and what happened. So essentially, it's just an awards night for FIFA and they give out a variety of awards. I think it's because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if, if Tom knows, it's like the Ballon d'Or, but the Ballon d'Or now has switched to another thing because it's like a French magazine. So now you've got the FIFA awards and then the Ballon d'Or at some other point at the beginning of the next mm. year, I think. So mm-hmm. essentially loads of categories, team of the year, goal of the year, goalkeeper of the year. And I'm going to start with the most controversial one out of all of them. Mohamed Salah won the Pushkash Goal of the Year win award for his goal against Everton. And that's... that's um, over the Ronaldo and the Bale overhead kicks in the Champions League. Yep. And over, I'm not sure his name, I think his surname's Riley in the Australian League, who scored from the edge of an area a scorpion kick. So... Did you yeah. see that? And... And essentially what Mohamed Salah did was slightly run past a few Everton defenders, maybe one, and then just kind of kick it in the corner. And that's what won it. Mm. So that's probably the most controversial of all. Yeah, the other thing I'd say as well is that um, that goal didn't even win Premier League goal of the (laughs) nominated. (laughs) Wow. So uh, I think it's more of a testament to how I think, yeah, maybe some Liverpudlians were involved in the uh, the voting process quite heavily, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's stupid that it's that it's a fan vote because that's essentially... Mm. Who's which, got the most points? Yeah, which team can get to a telephone and be bothered? And of course, it was Liverpool fans. Because they've got nothing better to do. Um, you said that, I didn't. And the, uh, yeah, and, and Egyptians yeah, as well. Exactly. I said you get the Egyptians. Yeah, I mean, he came, like, what, third in the presidential elections? So, mm, you're, yeah. you're not going to say that. Huge year for Mo Salah. <laughs> uh, other awards, less controversially, Luka Modric won the best player, which I thought, you know what, finally, it's not Ronaldo, Messi, or just another forward who wins it. A player who actually performs every single game and dragged Croatia to a World Cup final, actually won the award. So I don't know about you guys, but I thought thoroughly deserved. Yeah, I think he does deserve it. I think, I mean, the fact that Messi wasn't even nominated, even though he's had, like, the tech- statistically better season than anyone, uh, is a bit strange. I admit that I, I, it's really nice to see Modric win it and, you know, not a forward. But um, it's just the fact that Messi wasn't even nominated. Um but no, I do agree with you. Modric, you know, he's had such a great season, I think. Deservedly so. Even more special considering he's just come off the war crimes <laughs> charges. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm slightly reserved about this one because actually um, he only played 58% of the games this season for Real Madrid. It seems unusual that someone who's played less than 60% of their club games has been named the World Player of the Year. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. I get. I, I, he had. A, he, I mean, again, he played in a team that did very well at the World Cup. Maybe he's being rewarded for Croatia's successes yeah. as well. Um, but, but, but yeah, I, I was still surprised that he won rather than 
it's so easy to just give it to Ronaldo yeah. usually. I, I mean, I don't want to go into conspiracy theories. Had Ronaldo not left for Juventus, do you think he would have won it? Oh, oh my God, Hazard is a god. Oh my God, Hazard is a god. He's just like nutmegged three people, ran through them and scored. Jesus. I mean, that's not an answer to my question, but... <laughs> oh, interpret it. <laughs> um, Hazard, Hazard should win. Hazard is the best. Um, no, it's a very interesting point, I think. Maybe, because there's probably more sway in uh, FIFA from Madrid than there is from Turin. Um, but I still, I mean, Messi had a better season than Ronaldo and still didn't get nominated. So um, I don't know. It's very interesting. Unlike the Italians to get in. Sorry, I was just because it unlike the Italians to get involved <laughs> in politics. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm. in other, there was loads of awards. Uh, Didier Deschamps picked up the men's coach of the year award i have a personal vendetta against him that i won't go into here but <laughs> well done well done to him uh tivo courtois picked up the goalkeeper of the year award and then was controversially left out of the team of the year so i don't really understand stupid isn't it like if 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 a forward gets left out because like um hazard made it in but salah didn't after being yeah. in the top three like yeah it's almost fair enough because you can sort of say, oh, position-wise and stuff, you can sort of get away with it. Um, the fact that the goalkeeper who won best keeper of the year got left out of the squad is just stupid. Like it, yeah. does, it doesn't make sense. I mean, do you know what makes less sense? And this is my last thing on it. Danny Alves got in the team of the year. The man can just steal team of the years for fun. I, I don't understand. Talk about conspiracy theories. Are all Brazilians at the time of the FIFA Pro Awards just going, right, let's cast our normal vote for Danny Alves to get in the team, despite the fact that he basically didn't play well or play at all for PSG because Thomas Mounier got in ahead of him. Who, who would you have put in then, the best right back in the world uh, for Team of the Year? Who would you put in over Alves? Mounier is not a bad shout. It's difficult because when you... Get to if you look at the World Cup, if that had any sway on it, Pavard was the French right back and Vasalko was the Croatia right back, and neither of them are going to win it because they're not really doing much for their club teams. I mean, Carl Walker had a really good season for Manchester City. I'm not. There's not really many options. I mean, Valencia was was solid as well. I think they just went for the biggest name they could think of, and that was Danny you, Alves. Would you change the formation to like three at the back instead? And then put another Real Madrid centre-back in. You know the Italian in me. <laughs> would have changed, I would have changed it to the Italian national team if I could have. <laughs> that pretty much rounds up the FIFA Pro Awards, to be fair, and the controversy. They're actually saying that on the last point. Hilarious that Neymar left Barcelona to go to PSG to get out of Messi's shadow and then was left out of the FIFA pro team for Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. I thought that was quite good as well. He's not played as well though because he's, he's been pretty rubbish this season so that's his own fault. Just my opinion. Which might not be terribly popular to our new feature oh. of Footballing Unpopular Opinions. I'm, I, I've kept really quiet but I'll tell you something. Honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. How wrong is the game? 
Well, it's your opinion, you know. It, again, it's a game of opinions, it's, and you've got a right to your opinion, but I've also got a right to my opinion. The new segment where we come up with controversial footballing opinions that we might or not might not agree with, but talk about them and get you all annoyed. Okay, so um, the, the unpopular opinion that I've chosen this week is based on a player in the Premier League who has had a large amount of media coverage so far this season due to his team's success. Um, so my unpopular opinion is that the most overrated, underrated player in the Premier League is James Milner. Yeah, you hear that? I'd one? agree with that. I think James Milner is just a bit like he's just a filler. Like he doesn't really offer that mm. much. Like he's good because four years ago you'd have said that oh he's shit, and then he's gone to Liverpool, actually done a job for them, showing that you know he's more than just a bench warmer at City, but still doesn't offer that much when you've got people like Fabinho and Kai to sit on the bench at Liverpool. Yeah, so my logic behind it is that it, the, the, what he is bringing to the team is that Liverpool are obviously incredibly flary and a very strong attacking unit, but perhaps the players that are surrounding the, the, the big three aren't particularly strong and, and uh, good tacklers. And so when you looked at the game against PSG, obviously lots of video clips of him snapping Neymar were really popular online. I think that's why he's become really effective is he's seen as this almost enforcer. I think his versatility is really useful in their team as well. The fact you can deploy him in midfield, but he's, he's also been playing right back and can play left back as well. But I think when you think of him in, in comparison to when he was at City, I mean, he was a winger or he was a wide midfielder and he was really ineffective. Um, the, the only other thing I'd say is the goals he scores, he scores a lot of penalties. So maybe those goal stats are inflated. Um, there was a lot of talk after the World Cup and, and the beginning of this season that he could have really done a job for England and, and like, like it completely would have dismantled the idea of how good Kieran Trippier mm. was if we put James Milner there instead. But yeah, I, I still think he's a very good player, but if we're talking about some of the best underrated players of all time, it, it is people like Michael Carrick, Antonio Valencia. Uh, I, I particularly like Darren Fletcher as well, or, or obviously all United players, but there, there are he, he is... Play, um, sort of reviewed as this really underrated, useful player. When I, I'm not really sure why. I, I think James Milner's like a jack of all trades. He's like a B Tech Swiss Army knife. He's a he's a Swiss Army knife. If a couple of the things are broken and don't really do the best job, like the knife's a bit blunt. Yeah, the knife's a bit blunt. It doesn't like you could just get a knife to cut it with, but but you've only got the Swiss Army knife, and you're kind of just sort of hacking through the loaf of bread, and by the end, it's not really anything anymore. <laughs> that, that's what James Milner is to me. He's a man that will do a job, but you could easily get someone else to do the job much, much better than him. Yeah, that's a very good one. <laughs> um, not the most controversial opinion. I'm hoping that will change with Danny's unpopular opinion. Okay, so my one, I had a few, and, and I've decided to just <laughs> go for one that will, that will get me the most heat. So my unpopular opinion is that I honestly believe that Rafa Benitez could win the Premier League with Newcastle if he got given money. Wow. I, 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 mean, honest, I, I always I agree with you, I think. Oh, sweet. Like, this is <laughs> mental. This is mental. <laughs> Solomon Rondon is their starting striker. <laughs> yeah, not out of choice, out of force. How much money does he have to spend? <laughs> 
how how rich is Mike <laughs> Ashley that he's allowed to spend billions? But, like, I mean, <laughs> the closest they're going to get to like having a uh, all star centre forward is like. Solomon Rondon going to House of Fraser and getting dressed up in the women's <laughs> department. Like they're not anywhere near actually having the players to be able to do it. It's just if they got investment, like I, I, I genuinely agree with you. They would be well. They would definitely be up there. So they've been there before. They know how to do it. How much money? I, I would say two summers of billion like, quid. <laughs> uh, two summers of like a solid like seventy or eighty million pounds spent. I reckon he could challenge for the title. If he is, if wow, he essentially okay. replaced every member of that team <laughs> out of his depth when he was at Real Madrid, but I think that was a very different Rafa Benitez than we see now. Mm-hmm. He did really well at Chelsea, bearing in mind the fans pretty much hated him until the point he won them the Europa League. And I think there's a very different Rafa now. And it's Newcastle are just doing poorly because of the circumstance he's in. I reckon if you gave him a hundred million pounds, he would do a lot. Yeah, he was practically out of the season last year um, because of the job he did with Newcastle with so little money. Admittedly, this season he's not doing very well. But um, no, I do, I do agree that he could definitely go do a do a, a good job with them if they had some backing. But but do you think they'd win the Premier no. League? Like I said? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe, maybe not with Man City uh, playing as Man City are at the moment. If he was given enough money to Sign buy Man City. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand by the fact that my unpopular opinion will come true in three years' time. Um, right, maybe that's probably slightly contradicting mine then. Tim? I'm not, I don't completely agree with mine. I'm just sort of, I, someone mentioned it to me. The other day. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like covering myself before I say it. Someone mentioned it to me the other day and it actually like I sort of understood it. So you can't have success as a manager in modern day football without having been a world class player. Mourinho. Uh, it's he's yeah, having success Mourinho, in modern day football, uh, is he? He won the league like, with Chelsea. I'm, I mean was, like was it five years ago? Uh, do you mean right do you mean we do, mean, do you mean right the, the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because in the last, okay. Didn't Claudio, Claudio, Ran- Claudio, Claudio Ranieri. Ranieri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claudio Ranieri um, won the Premier League. Where with, is he? And where is he now? Leicester. Where is he now? He's sat in the back of stages really where matter, it's dark, though, it? so he can cry and no one can see him. Um, I think he's manager of Red. Oh, look how successful he's doing now. Like, <laughs> you need to have played world-class level football. To be able to have sustained <laughs> success as a manager and, like, you know, get Bollocks. good performances. <laughs> okay. I mean, what about Klopp? What was Klopp? What's Klopp won? Well, but they're top of the Premier League and they've won every After game. six weeks. <laughs> there seems to be no real rules to your claim. <laughs> Just, but what? Okay. All right. Here's one. Pep Guardiola. I wouldn't say he was a world-class he footballer. He played for Barcelona. He was, pretty, he was, he was a pretty Champions good. League like, finalist, so, I think. So did fucking Alex Song. Alex Song <laughs> played for Barcelona. <laughs> did you see Alex Song does that, managing does that Manchester mean he's gonna become to a Premier League fucking... title? <laughs> no, because um, he's still fucking playing. I told you it was controversial. 
Yeah, it's very controversial. <laughs> very I'm, controversial. I'm so... I'm so... <laughs> I thought I was annoyed at Danny's one, but... <laughs> um, I might just leave it there, to be honest. It's oh. not a huge amount more I can say about that. Just one more oh. question, uh, point about Alex Song and Luka Modric. Now we've mo- both mentioned them in the same pod. When they joined their teams in 2011, they were voted the worst signings of the year in La Liga. <laughs> yeah, Alex Song lived up to it. <laughs> and now Alex Song is managing Manchester City to back-to-back titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. My, my my controversial one for you was that the 1982 and the 2006 World Cups were rigged so that Italy would win and that it would cover over the match fixing going on in the National League. <laughs> you, you fuck. That's making you more pissed off. I thought, I thought we were friends. I, I, I went on to a pretty deep spiral dive today to try and get all the information. <laughs> but I'm thinking about reporting it to FIFA, but... I, I've since Bournemouth got promoted to the Premier League. I've I've, um, I've started to follow a non-league team because there is something about supporting a shit team which is is sometimes more enjoyable than watching the Premier League. Um, and that team for me is, is having. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I I, um, I started supporting. Uh, well, I started following Haven't Waterlooville. So they're in the they're in the National right. League, and and Haven't is obviously close to where Danny and I went to university. Ooh. So um, and a lot of a lot of. Um, a lot of their team is actually ex-Bournemouth players, so guys that are probably closer to retirement. Uh, but last night, they got a draw against um, Barnett, uh, 2-2, and uh, a player called Andy Robinson scored both of Havant's goals. Now, I went to school with Andy Robinson, so this is a, this is a, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic oh, side shit. note. But he scored a free kick, to the equaliser, in the last minute. And if you do get a chance to, to have a look at that, it is a great free kick. And it's what, um, you can see there's not many away fans who have gone travelled to Barnet to watch the game. But it is, it is one of those uh, moments in, in lower league football where you can just appreciate it's a bit of skill has got them a point out of the game. And it is, it is well worth watching. Well, as opposed to just batting someone in the mud, which is what most non-league football teams are about. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, Barnet's quite a nice ground. I was pre- it, it, looks, it looks like it looks bigger than Bournemouth. So. I'm, I've just typed into YouTube Andy Robinson having a Waterloo free kick, and I've got Swansea City versus having Andy Robinson free lick, free lick. ten years yeah. ago. In, in fairness, <laughs> free lick ten years ago. Does that wrap us up for this week? I have to. I have to apologise for one thing, Danny. Um, yeah, uh, I have slagged off Laganis in the past. I regret that decision because, in fairness to them, they've put in a decent performance tonight and they've beaten Barcelona. <laughs> um, so credit to them. Uh, I know I slagged off the Spanish league before about Messi and uh, Ronaldo's previous exploits. So good, good on them. Good going, boys. Well done. Yeah, still Tenerife for shite, but uh, they've they're Real Madrid are three 0 down at half time to Sevilla as well. So it's it's a night of shots. <laughs> the league I think this should be a a thing that we do as well to end our podcast on apologies that we may have said <laughs> that we may have said in previous weeks that have come horribly wrong. I'm looking forward to the French League greatly improving in quality. Uh, on that note, I think we shall wrap up. Um, thank you very much for listening. We are available on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, um, Apple, did I mention Apple? Uh, and then anchor.fm slash gametime. Uh, tweet us on ga- at gametime underscore pod. Email us gametimepodcast1 at gmail.com um, and just be really angry at everything you've heard. Yeah.